Thanks for joining us and welcome to Activate Your Health. I'm Josh. And I'm Kayla. And we're back again to discuss all things health here in Allen County. From the fun to the serious, we're going to discuss health-related issues that affect people that live, learn, work, worship, and play in our county. So once again, let's hope it's a beautiful day whenever, wherever you're listening to this. And welcome to 2022. Woo! Made it! What a year! (laughs) I want to thank everybody out there for listening. We made it through a full year and we are excited about a new calendar and to interview some exciting folks and learn about things in our community. So today we have a great episode planned for you. We're going to talk really about community gardening. It may seem a little early yeah, <laughs> for the year yeah. to be planning or even thinking about gardening. I know I haven't. Kayla, have you spring been Spring is coming. It's, it's going to be coming, right? Let's We're w- thinking about spring. Let's will it here, right? Like <laughs> this is for many folks, the longest part of the year. The weather's a little colder. Yeah. So we can look forward to fun things ahead. And community gardening is one of those fun things that we can do early spring and also So you can get started with it as the winter ends. We think about planting our gardens. We think about kind of learning some of the techniques and turning dirt and then finally getting seeds planted in the springtime. It may seem early, but it's right on the corner. (laughs) It's really great to have that long-term goal in mind of having a full garden, blooming, fresh vegetables and fruit ready to be picked. Well, that really is starting in the cold of the winter to get ready to have that garden ready for the summer. So Amy Sackman Odom will be on hand to talk to us about the LACNIP Community Garden Program and the partnership that Activate Allen County has with them with our South Jackson Community Garden. So we're real excited to talk to her first. This is really New Year's resolutions time, Kayla. We talked about this last year, right, Josh? That was our first podcast pretty much, right? We did. And if we remember back to that, you know, we we asked Dave what he was hoping to focus on. Dave, do you remember what your new... No. Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea. So Dave doesn't remember. Kayla, do you remember what your new year's resolution was for 2021? Um, I'm pretty sure it had to do with just kind of being more mindful. I think both of you and I both talked about this, kind of taking time to more slow down. I know you mentioned patience and then you've also had a baby this year. So the patience part, how are we doing on that? Uh, I'm still working on that. I will just say that the resolution didn't help me with patience. I think necessity and a new baby, uh, Oliver, hi out there, you can hear this, has taught me a new appreciation for life, but also patience is something I'll probably have to work on again in 2022. What we really would like to highlight is New Year's resolutions are very hard to maintain. And many folks that do set them have the best intentions, but we don't always succeed. So we want to talk to you a little bit about how to make those resolutions stick yeah. or really how to make those resolutions yeah. a behavior change. Yeah. A habit. Yeah. A, a healthy a habit, habit. Yes. right? Because if anyone's joined a gym this time of the year, you'll see a full treadmills, full facility. But if you wait three or four weeks, at about three weeks, those folks start disappearing and we get back to those normal levels. Yeah. Let's talk about sticking with those goals, creating a plan and being a healthier us in 2022. Yeah, so we have a few tips that we thought we'd share with you guys to get your new year started and hopefully get your wheels turning, like Josh said, really looking at those long-term goals. It's hard for us to remember what happened last year in January. So we, it's really up to us to think about how we can put those habits into real action and actually make them, again, those the habits, not just that three weeks of, I'm going to do this for two weeks and then be done. The first thing we want to talk about is dreaming big. So we might talk about wanting to have small goals, but it's best to think about your big picture. What do you really want to do? Is it a marathon, a triathlon? Is it weight loss? Is it working on your patients or working on something else in your life that you know is a struggle for you? So really 
setting those goals pretty high. We want you to be ambitious and then let other people know what you're trying to accomplish so that they can cheer you on and they can potentially be inspired by you. Making sure that you have big goals is our first tip. That is a great point. It's not wrong to say, I want to do something and to have it be well into the distance, take a lot of work. If you want to lose enough weight for a wedding that you're going to be in in a year from now, that's okay to have that long-term goal. It's important. But what we need to do with those big dreams and those big goals like Kayla was talking about is break them up into small enough steps that we can actually measure and have some successes as we go along. So tip number two is break those big dreams up into small, manageable steps that you can make sure that you're crossing off a list. Part of that accountability and breaking up that dream into smaller dreams is to write it down and then break it up into smaller measurable chunks. So for example, if you have, let's just say, a patience goal like myself, that's a little opaque. It's uh, hard to measure some of that. So what I would have to do is I want to do four bouts of meditation per week. And as I do that each week, I might ramp up my time each week to go a little longer. And so by the end of six months, I might be meditating six days a week for an hour straight. That's something that I can measure. I can keep track of through a Headspace app or just through a journal. But that is one tip that really helps me stick to goals when I'm trying to make those behavior changes. Another thing I think is really making yourself accountable to other people. So you talked about chunking those big dreams into small steps, really telling somebody those things, telling your friend, telling your partner, telling anybody in your life who you think can hold you accountable what you're working to accomplish. So making sure that they can encourage you through tough spots, making sure that they are aware of what you're doing, because if they don't know what you're going through, then they will not be able to help you. A good option may be even the virtual connection. So if you're thinking you might not want to tell someone maybe a personal goal of yours, there's potentially a virtual network or a virtual group that you can hop on to get that support that you need as well. So thinking about Facebook or social media and how things like that may be helpful to you if you don't want to share your goals with somebody in your life. You might want to think about that. You can also put your promise out or put what you want to do out to the social media world, even in a higher scale to then promote hopefully more accountability to yourself and to those around you and potentially, again, inspire people who may want to do similar things during that year. Yeah, that's a great point, Kayla, because oftentimes when we make this commitment to ourselves, we might feel like we're all alone. So enlisting a team of allies to help you achieve your goal is really important. Another tip I'd like to bring up is to reward yourself. Give yourself a medal for all the great work you've done. As we're making that list and we're chunking through our measurable successes and we're keeping up with what we've promised ourselves to do, it's okay to say, I did a good job. I've done three months of my exercise program or I've really focused on my nutrition for five months now. It's okay to reward yourself. Maybe there's a concert you wanted to go to or a sporting event or wanted to take a vacation that you've not been able to do. Well, maybe a good way to keep you on track will be to give yourself a nice reward for your accomplishments. It could be as simple as rewarding yourself with a trip to the movies because you hit your step goal for five days in a row. But make something that will really be a reward to yourself and make sure that you're easy on yourself and giving yourself a nice pat on the back when you do those, have those successes. Yes, and in the same breath, you are likely to have some steps backward as well, some failures. We always 
think about all the good things to come when we try to make changes that we're always potentially very hard on ourselves when things don't go exactly as we planned. And let's be honest, life is challenging. The day does not go as we think it's going to go most of the time. So we have to be able to adjust ourselves and also to learn from any step backwards. So if if something happens where you hit a snag and what you didn't do what you thought you were going to do, you didn't hit your step goal, you didn't get to the gym three to four days a week last week, learn from that. What happened? Why did that happen? Was it something personally in your life that happened? Was it just a simple mistake on your end or was there a larger issue at hand that we need to deal with? So thinking about what happened, can you change anything about that? Can you make an adjustment for the next week again to learn from that past? So that way you don't just fall into those back into the bad habits of, oh, it's not going to happen. I, I bit off more than I can chew. Do you need to adjust your goal? Maybe 30 minutes of cardio or 30 minutes of walking is not doable for you at this stage in your life. Maybe you need to think about three 10-minute walks or just 10 minutes for a few weeks. So thinking about how you can potentially modify your goals so that way you're not always thinking that you're failing. So find something that you think you can do and then, of course, continue to do it, continue to move forward. Don't just stop. Don't ever just stop. Always learn from what you're doing wrong. Learn from the past so you can learn from both failures and successes. Yeah, that's great, Kayla. I think a lot of people have a struggle and that's when they quit. It becomes difficult or they beat themselves up and guilt gets wrapped up into the mix. And before you know it, whatever healthy behavior you've been trying to instill in yourself, Mm -hmm. a new habit has fallen at the wayside and you've moved past it. Give yourself some slack. And then the last tip is give thanks for the things that you do accomplish. Like Kayla said, maybe you've had to adjust your workout schedule and you're not walking as long as you thought for as many minutes, but that's okay. You can give yourself a break and congratulate yourself and give thanks for the efforts that you have made to be a healthier you. And that will help you stay focused, make the improvements you hope to make. And in the end, you'll persevere through your challenges and meet your goals and be at the healthy place that you would hope to be at. For a lot of folks, I think the number one behavior change that can make a strong impact on their overall health is quitting the use of tobacco products, in particular smoking. Yes, yes. We all know that smoking is extremely harmful to our health long term. But we also know that quitting, we can start to reverse some of those changes that are happening in our body that are negative, obviously, happening in our body. And we can reverse those things as we go through the quit journey. So we did want to touch base because a lot of people are looking at potentially quitting smoking as we enter the new year. We do have a local program. So this is a newer program. It's been going on for about a year or so, a little bit more than a year at Mercy Health. It's called Activate Change Quit. This is a completely free program. It's 12 weeks in length, but it can be modified based on your needs. So if you want to do virtual appointments or call in appointments, or you want to do group counseling, which is sometimes beneficial for folks to have, again, that accountability, the first six weeks are kind of catered to whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish, whether it be the group, whether it be virtual, whether it be phone calls, there are six weeks of that where you're meeting with people, getting that support that you need setting a quit date, figuring out medication-wise if you want to do Chantex or you want to do the patch or whatever it may be that you're looking to potentially use to help you ease off the cigarettes as well. So that will all be included in the first six weeks, and then you'll have another six weeks of phone support. These are out of no cost to anybody. So you can either be registered through your doctor or you can be a self-referral. You can call 419-996-5633 and use option two to leave a voicemail and the Mercy staff will get back to you in the next couple business days once you leave that voicemail. 
You'll get free nicotine patches if that's what you do choose to use to help you quit. And once you attend each session, you'll get more of those free patches to utilize. We do know that support is very key to any behavioral change. So we did want to mention that this is a local program very close to us here, downtown Lima, Mercy Health. They have people available who want to help you quit smoking. And we encourage you to check that out if that is part of your plan for 2022. Yeah, and giving up tobacco products is not easy. Mm -hmm. And so try not to go it alone. You have friends, you have support here locally. So we encourage you to reach out to Mercy Health for that great opportunity. And now it's time to chat with this month's guest. We are pleased to have with us today, Amy Sackman Odom, a volunteer for LACNIP. Amy, thanks for joining us. Kayla and Josh, thanks for having me on your show today. Thank you. Glad you could make it. As one of LACNIP's fabulous volunteers, can you first of all explain to us what LACNIP is here in the community for those who may not know? LACNIP is Lima-Allen County Neighborhoods in Partnership. It's a wonderful network of neighborhood organizations throughout Lima-Allen County. LACNIP itself has been in existence since 1993 and has fostered probably over 30 different neighborhood organizations over time. Currently, they are focused on community gardening which we're going to talk about, and a few other projects out of their resource center, which is located on Spring Street in Lima in the old fire station. So it's a great partnership between the city and the neighborhood associations throughout Lima. Yeah, it's really a great uh, program and organization. Now, how did LACNIP get started with Community Garden? How, How many years has that program been in operation? LACNIP expressed an interest, or the neighborhood associations expressed an interest in gardening over five years ago. And at that time, there were several different plots established around town. One of them, one of the longest lived plot, is that on the corner of Spring and Collett Street, which is actually sponsored by St. Rita's Mercy Health. Uh, So currently, LACNIP is focusing their efforts on uh, working that plot and trying to get those 51 available garden plots matched with gardeners throughout the community. We're talking about the Spring and Collette Community Garden Program and kind of revitalizing that. So how many people do we normally have in those gardening programs participating with us in community gardens? The Spring Street Garden is really kind of an exciting location because of its partnership with St. Rita's. If you've had the opportunity to drive by and we encourage people to do so, we have apple trees, we have pear trees, we have a small vineyard, and we have about 51 plots that we have a variety of different people manage. Some have come in through organizations such as Restoration House or even the juvenile court system. The majority, though, are individual families or individuals who want to garden. This year, we had about 16 to 18 gardeners, and they were managing most of those plots. What we'd like to do next year is take it in a slightly different direction. You mean in partnering with Activate Allen County and expanding those opportunities? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, What we're really excited about is being able to work with Activate Allen County, who's been um, sponsoring the South Jackson Street Garden, which is another beautiful, really well-designed, modern site, I would say. And you folks have got your... 12 plots? That's right. 12 plots. So what we've decided is to join forces this year and to find a way to get the message out about the benefits of community gardening and make these plots available to anyone in the community that might be interested. Those who live in the neighborhood, those who may work near these plots. Mm -hmm. It's exciting that these gardens are both close to downtown, Kayla and Josh, because we want to encourage downtown employees who may not have a bit of sunshine and dirt at home to come out and enjoy the benefits of gardening very close 
to downtown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Activate, you know, Allen County really appreciates the partnership because we believe that everyone in our community, like you said, should have an opportunity to connect with nature, get outside and grow some of their own food to have some very convenient garden locations that folks can sign up for is really great. I just want to go back to one point you said. So you had 16 to 18 gardeners cover all 51 plots. So it sounds like you can get more than one garden plot if you're interested. Absolutely, Josh. And what we're going to be doing this year is, like I said, taking it a a newer direction. Not only did those gardeners maintain plots for themselves, with support from the OSU Extension Office, some of those plots were also maintained as what we were calling giving gardens. The giving gardens are there to, one, be demonstration plots to show people things that are easy to grow, but also provided um, produce for the neighborhood. This year, we're doing something a little different where we're encouraging personal plots but we intend to establish at least 10 giving gardens where the members of the garden will assist in maintaining those and making that produce available for the neighborhood. That's great. I think that's a great concept to think about the giving garden and how, you know, as people walk by that garden, especially on Spring and Collette being at a really busy intersection there, that you can see that there's plots being maintained for personal use. And then there's also the ability for people to walk up and grab some produce as it becomes available. So that's a really great idea. And I think a huge benefit to the community and kind of brings that community awareness together and also inviting people to, even if you don't have a plot personally, you can still be a part of the community gardens. So Josh and I are excited because like you mentioned, the South Jackson garden that activates maintaining, partnering with the Spring and Collette and Lacknip garden for over 60 beds total there. So we have potential to really grow the number of gardeners that we have in the community. You can choose what location that you're interested in gardening at. So if you're closer to one or the other, you can obviously make that choice. So if someone's listening and wanting to start that journey of registering for a garden plot, can you kind of walk us through how that works? Sure. Again, the partnership with Activate is extremely important this year because they'll be helping to manage that application process. This year, you'll be able to apply online. So all you'll need to do is go to several sites, actually. The LACNIP Community Garden Facebook site, the Activate Allen County site, to be able to get a link to a online application. Applications can also be picked up at the LACNIP Resource Center, which I mentioned, which is on Spring Street, during their business hours. So we wanna make this as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. It's a lot of fun. I love how you mentioned the interaction with people from the neighborhood. I'm out there probably three times a week just doing watering and gardening. And it's not only the neighbors, it's people who actually stop their cars and say, hey, what are you doing out here? And talking to nurses and doctors and people just from the community who have great memories of gardening as children, maybe with their grandparents or I was raised on a farm but haven't done this for years, and giving them the opportunity to re-engage in that, but also teaching beginners some new skills is also going to be a lot of fun. With Activate Allen County, with Ohio State University, and with Central State University, we have a partnership for an entire garden season of events starting in January, running all the way through October, and we'll be providing Gardening 101, mapping. We're going to be doing some fun events 
as well. Josh has volunteered, or we should say we volunteered him to do with a plant swap in September. We're going to be doing some fun days, uh, dirt and donuts. We're getting out to prep things. Uh, we're going to have a compost party where we're teaching people about compost and composting gardens, as well as doing a fundraiser for the gardens, hopefully in July, what we'll be calling Weeding and Whining. There'll be a lot of opportunities for engagement at whatever level of gardening that you might be at at this time. Yeah, it's really great. And like Amy said, we're really trying to partner to come up with events and programs that are meaningful for folks that are new to gardening, Mm -hmm. that are experienced gardeners, or folks that maybe had never gardened before, just curious about it. Really a full slate of fun activities. And yeah, mark your calendars for September 17th for that plant swap. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people will be excited about that. And I also Mm -hmm. am excited to head that up. Once again, Amy, if folks want to register for a garden, if they have questions, how can they connect with LACNIP, stay up to date with all of the things that LACNIP has to offer, not just community gardens? LACNIP does have their own website, so they can certainly simply Google for LACNIP, Lamy Alley County Neighborhoods and Partnership, which will give them information on all the activities they're doing. I want to mention that part of the kickoff for the gardening program is we're asking the people to get their applications in before our first seminar. We will be having a seminar with the Central State University Extension Office. Michelle Wallace, who is a wonderful educator on agricultural natural resources, will be doing a program on Saturday, January 22nd at the LACNIP Resource Center. That program will talk about crop plans, crop rotation, seed starting, integrated pest management. Her focus and Central State's focus is very exciting. They're really trying to promote urban agriculture, really want to get some of the vacant land in our community put back into some commercial use. But what they're going to be talking about, I think, is useful for any gardener who's starting their gardening journey this year. So we want people to come out to that and we will be giving them even more information about their applications and the process of plot selection. I think it's great, Kayla, that Activate Allen County is willing to take on the application process and the sorting. Can you maybe mention how we're gonna get these to the right gardens and how that's gonna work? We will be having the applications, like you mentioned, online. So a quick and easy way for us to get people connected with the garden that they're choosing. So when you go to that application, you will have the opportunity to select which garden location you'd like to be at for the season. You can either select Spring and Collette or the South Jackson Street Garden, and then that will come to us and we will appropriately allocate those applications to the correct people. Then we'll get you connected to that garden for the seasons. As Amy mentioned, there is a ton of great activities happening. You don't have to be an avid gardener. This could be your first time out. It's also a great activity for families. So if your family wants to own a plot for the year, that'd be great. Getting your kids out, understanding how your food actually is grown and where your food is coming from is kind of a lost art on some at this point. So it'd be great to think about how your family can be involved in our community gardening as well. Amy, we just want to thank you for all your time and effort. You did mention that you're a volunteer. It takes a lot of time and effort from not just you, but a number of volunteers to make this program possible. So we want to thank you and all of the team that are working to make this come to fruition. Once again, we've been joined by Amy Odom, volunteer for Latin Community Gardens. We want to thank you for your time, and we look forward to having a great year of programming for the Lima community around gardening and growing fresh fruits and vegetables. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Josh. Kayla, looking forward to working with you in 2022. Thank you. You know, there's a lot of things happening in January, but we just want to touch base on a couple of the big ones. So 
Obviously, we've talked about concerts and programs coming back to the Civic Center. Well, on January 21st, Rodney Carrington will be in town to bring his uh, unique brand of humor to the stage. And then the following week on Saturday, January 29th, 80s Rockers Night Ranger will be on hand to perform. We also have the Lima Allen County Chamber of Commerce Annual Breakfast slated for January 28th at the Civic Center. That's a great event and a great refocus on all the things that are happening around the Chamber of Commerce and the business world here in our community. The Johnny Appleseed Metro Park District has their Start It Right hike at Kendrick Woods on January 8th. That starts at 9 a.m. and is a great way to get outside and shake off some of those winter blues with a nice hike out at Kendrick Woods. The Lima Astronomical Society's monthly stargazing program at Schoonover Park will take place on January 7th. That'll be at 9 p.m. That's out at Schoonover Park. If you haven't been to the observatory at Schoonover Park, I'd strongly recommend if you have kids, it's a great way to to get your kids looking at that night sky in a different way. And then lastly, I want to just encourage everyone to check out the many events that Live at the Lab have upcoming. That's an event space behind Alter Ego Comics on Main Street Lima. And they have a number of shows and events that they're scheduling. Get on their schedule and keep up to date with all the great things that are happening in downtown Lima and the greater Lima region because there are things happening throughout the region for families and individuals alike to stay healthy, have fun, and be engaged in our community. However, as we do every month, um, especially now as we enter a new year, there may be some of you out there that are struggling or need some additional assistance, and there is local help available. So please call the crisis line if you are in need of that service, 1-800-567-HOPE, HOPE, 1-800-567-4673, or text 741741. And we can get you the help you need through that line because we do know that, especially as a new year approaches, some may be struggling. And as we continue to go through the pandemic, needs are arising. So please feel free to reach out to that crisis line anytime you need help. So we hope that you are getting out, being safe and active and having a great start to the 2022 year. Thank you for joining us. And as we look forward to next month, we hope that you will continue to join us as we move through 2022. And until then... Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you soon. Bye.